0: This is Parent Q Live, brought to you by the team at Parent Q.
1: Hello and welcome, parent friends, to Parent Q Live. I'm Kristen Ivey, and I'm so excited about the conversation we get to have today with our very, very special guest, Dr. Deborah Tillman. We're going to get into that conversation in just a minute. But first, I just wanted to kind of open this up with you guys to talk about something that I think every parent cares about. And you saw it right in the title, but it's this idea of self-reliance. Because if we're really honest, one of the characteristics we all want to be true in our kids' lives is that they're self-reliant someday. Um, If you're parenting a toddler right now, you're probably thinking, yes, please. I want them to be able to pour their own juice. I want them to be able to get their own cereal. I want them to be able to buckle themselves into the car. If you're raising a teenager right now, maybe that just means you want them to remember to sign those forms. You want them to remember their school bag when they walk out the door for the class today. It's all the things that kind of come into play when we're raising a kid that can move out of our house Hopefully, support themselves financially and be responsible for their own life. I mean, isn't that kind of your goal for parenting? I know for me, I have three kids, and I hope that one day each of them develops a kind of self reliance that maybe they don't showcase right now every day. Um, I had an opportunity to witness something with my middle child this last week that I was thinking about when it came to self reliance because. One of the ways that I think about self-reliance has to do with the way our kids do chores. So like any parent, I come up with a system, I have the best intentions, and then usually something kind of comes along the way. It's like my life, my work, my focus drifts, and not all my systems work out. Um, But we're at the beginning of a school year, so I'm trying to be really conscientious right now about holding our kids to their tasks and their chores. So this past weekend, I had an opportunity to witness a little bit of this in my own kids as I watched our two kids do their own laundry, the oldest two, and then turn, and they had to clean up the toys that had kind of somehow exploded all over the house, just like a tornado had ripped through all of their kind of play area, and I mean, we have dolls, dolls, just thrown around at random. We have half-drawn artwork you know, laying in the floor. You guys understand what this looks like. So I tell our middle child, okay, you have to clean up this play area before you can play with your friends in the neighborhood because she wanted to go next door to play with a friend. And so she thought about it. She said, okay, I can get that done. And then she disappeared. Of course, I'm thinking... Well, I need you to show up and be here so that you can clean. And and I go looking for her. And the next thing I know, she's coming up the stairs with three other friends from the neighborhood who she's recruited into the house, telling them, hey, we can all play together once all of my toys are put away. And I stood and watched as my middle child then instructed her friends on how to put away all of her toys and kind of put them to task to do her chores. Now, I don't think that that's the way you're supposed to parent your kids to do chores. But it was effective. But I thought really what, what I would rather talk about today is as a mom, I really need some new ways, clearly, to motivate my kids to do chores themselves. And so I thought it would be fun to ask you all this question. How do you motivate kids to do chores in your house? Take a listen. Okay, here's my real answer. We have a chore chart, but it's not just any chore chart. Okay, here's how it works. If you do an activity like basketball or lacrosse, you get one minute of technology time per m- amount of time you spent doing the activity. So, like if you spent 20 minutes playing basketball, you get 20 minutes of technology time. However, if you do a chore, taking out the trash, mowing the lawn, cleaning your room, cleaning the bathroom, those count two times a minute. So, if you spent 10 minutes taking out the trash, you get 20 minutes of technology time. And so, we keep a chart in our house and every parent has to initial the amount of time spent in the activity next to the amount of time they spent and then you add it up and then when it's time for technology time he we detract from that amount and that is how we do chores
2: how do we get chores to do, kids to do chores in our house it's a good question we just started like an allowance program anyway And so there's daily stuff, and the way we figured it out was there's three times a day where you've got to do stuff. And here's your morning jobs, your after-school jobs, and before-you-go-to-bed jobs. And if you don't check the box at the end of the week, you don't get your allowance. So it's all up to them on their responsibilities, so
1: that's how I did it. I
2: mean, it's working so
1: far. Is he supposed to have chores? Is this in a book? I should read some books.
0: Well I have teenagers who are very busy who have jobs and lots of schoolwork and sports and stuff too. So for me that one of the things that I've learned with my teenagers is that it's kind of difficult for them like to always be around when the trash needs to be taken out or something like that. So I've kinda had to adjust what kinds of chores I give them. And then I also ask them to give them a time frame like I need your I want your room cleaned by tomorrow at noon or when I get home from work. And it gives them the ability to kinda of go in and figure out when they're gonna get that done and how they're gonna get it done, even if they're scrambling to get it done before I get home. They still have a deadline of when they need to get it done and they do it on their time frame but they're still doing something that's contributing the house and taking care of everything. So
1: Well, I think we all learned something there. Um, Either you were just encouraged that you have a better system in your house than any of the rest of us, or maybe you picked up a few tips along the way. I don't know. Uh, But it's fun to share our ideas, right, about how we get our kids to do chores. Um, Always looking for a new system. I know I've taken in some notes for my own house to try to get my kids re-engaged with their chore charts. But the goal of getting kids to do chores isn't always just to pick up your house and have a clean house or make sure that you don't have to do all the laundry or all the cooking or whatever it is that you've kind of given your kids to do. Because we all know this is true, as adults, we could probably do those things faster, sometimes a little bit better, just because of the years of practice that we've had. And oftentimes passing chores on to our kids means something's going to get done a little bit slower, maybe a little bit. Messier than we would have done it. But here's the thing we create these tasks for our kids because we're trying to groom character in them. We're trying to raise them to grow up and be healthy, self reliant adults. And so for this conversation today, we knew that the best person we could talk to on the issue of raising self reliant kids is Dr. Deborah Tillman. Now, Dr. Deborah Tillman is actually America's super nanny. She has made a profession out of helping parents by going into their home and watching their families interact and giving advice, sound advice, to really help parents do this thing right. Every time I get an opportunity to be around Dr. Tillman, I am always impressed. I always learn something new. She's challenged my thinking in so many ways as a mom and as a leader. um, I just find that I naturally lean in because she has so much wisdom and there's moments where she makes me uncomfortable because she's so honest and so truthful about what we really should be doing as parents. And so, if you're like me, there may be some moments that it kind of feels like, wow, that was really in my business. I kind of feel that way too, but it's so helpful and needed for us as parents to just be reminded that we can do a few things better in our home. So now we're going to go listen to what Dr. Deborah Tillman, America's super nanny, part of the John Maxwell team faculty member, Dr. Deborah Tillman has to say about raising kids to have self-reliance. Now we get to talk about something that's a big issue for parents, um, something that we all really want or should want for our kids, and it's this concept of self Reliance. Yes. Self reliance. Now, you've worked with a lot of parents. Um, and, you know, what does it mean to want self reliance for our kids? Why is that a yeah. big idea?
3: Well, it's all about being intentional, you know, we don't want 25-year-olds uh, still holding out their hand mm. because we never taught them to be self-sufficient, we never taught them to self-soothe, we never taught them to be independent. Um, so it's, it's better for parents if we really get children at an early age to be able to do things for themselves that build self-confidence, self-esteem, and um, we're not going to be here forever. You know what I mean? As parents. And so it's really good when we can leave a legacy of children who are responsible and can problem solve and independently think.
1: Okay, well, that sounds good to me as a mom. I want that. I want my kids to, you know, not stay living with me maybe when they're 30s and 40s and 50s and have some self-reliance one day. So but what are the things that maybe as parents um, make us not do what we should do to put self-reliance into our kids hearts and lives I mean what are the ways we get kind of in our own way
3: yeah well I did and I'm, I'm guilty of that really yes the super nanny. yeah <laughs> I did it he's 25 now but if I had it to do all over again I would have done a couple of things differently and I'll just give you some examples so when he was three years old my husband is like 6 4 mm. and uh, he allowed my son to win at basketball Now, you know, like, a two-foot child is not going (laughs) to win a basketball. But we never really showed him how to lose. He never really got the idea of Mm. failure at an early age, so it didn't build his resilience muscles. And so when he was on a basketball team at seven Mm. and they lost their first game, you would think he was two years old. He cried like a baby. Hope Mm. he's not listening. Sorry, baby. But it's the (laughs) truth. I mean, he never learned it, but it was our fault because we always wanted him to win. We always just tried to give him, you know, you know, everything and uh, protect him and just kind of overindulging. And the thing is, you don't know because, you know, it doesn't come with a manual. Parenting doesn't come with a manual. No. So you really just kind of try it. If it doesn't work, then you try something else. And then you see the ramifications of it sometimes when they're older. And so that's when I always like to support parents because it's in, innate in us to want to help our children, right. to want to give them the best of ourselves and, you know, the pain that we had to suffer. Yeah. You know, keep them from doing keep them from having to suffer as well. But in the end, it's not good for them.
1: So I mean, we wanna step in and rescue our kids. We We wanna protect them from hurt and heartache because honestly it hurts to watch your kid hurt. It hurts you know, to see their heart get broken. So what are the things that you would say to a parent that we could do proactively maybe to allow for that failure and that space of failure? How do we just let our kids fail?
3: Yeah, I think it's just letting go. Mm -hmm. and doing it. You know, thinking almost—you know—Stephen Covey talks a little bit about begin with the end in mind, and I think for us, we need to think about okay, do what kind of child do we want? Do we want compassionate, loving, honest? Yes, but we also want the child that knows how to cook, knows how to fold clothes, knows how to do chores. You know, knows how to keep their room clean. So how do we get to that point?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, if I want them to be able to fold their clothes, but it takes them like eight times longer to fold their clothes than for me to just step in and do it, and it also is going to be messier. They're not going to do the way I would do it they're not going to put their things away exactly the way I would want them put away so what are some of those techniques what did you tell to a parent that you're like but it's so much easier and faster to just jump in and do it. yeah
3: I would say breathe like just breathe yeah (laughs) I get it you know I'm a perfectionist too but breathe you know if they if they don't I'll tell you one thing what my son did when I used to say make up your bed he used to put the second sheet the flat sheet like boil it up and just put the cover sheet over <laughs> as if I was not gonna know that <laughs> he didn't make up the bed, right, and so once I showed him, no, you have to lay out both sheets and mm-hmm. then the cover on top, he did it, but then I can't be so picky to go and say, oh, he didn't fold it underneath, oh, he mm-hmm. didn't put the pillow where I, where I wanted it to be, because really, we don't wanna make little mini-mes. Right. I don't want a mini-me. Yeah, I want the child to become the best version of themselves, mm-hmm. and that is allowing them the freedom to be who they are. We show them the way, we lead, guide, and steer, but then we allow them to be who they are created to be.
1: Now, it sounds like to show them the way, it's going to take a lot of extra time. It is. (laughs) So in a busy world, how do you find the time and the moments to step in and show your son how to lay the sheet flat or how to do the things? That's a lot of coaching and hands-on.
3: It is, but I always say, you know what, it's better to teach now Um, Frederick Douglass says something about um, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken adults. Mm -hmm. And even in the self-reliant, you know, field, it's the same thing. Um, Take the time now Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to take the time later or get frustrated later because we didn't do what we were supposed to do when they were young. Time to a child is spelled Mm L-O-V-E. If you take the time, you say you love me, then take the time to show me how to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay um we tell our children at the school you know show tell me and i might forget remind me i might remember but if you involve me i'll learn i'll be a lifelong learner hmm. forever so we really want to teach our children so that they learn and then they don't need us anymore we can take our hands off wow it's better
1: what are some of the best skills that you would say it's important maybe for a parent to help their Uh, young children learn maybe just like take the preschool years for example starting young starting early what are the things that you would want a kid to do by themselves in the preschool years so that they can grow in self-reliance
3: you know what Kristen something as easy as just say hi Mm -hmm. you would not believe how many times I open Mm -hmm. the door and I say good morning and then they say nothing and then the parent is standing there and they say say hello say hello say hello and I'm like (laughs) They know how to say hello for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Put on your coat. Mm -hmm. Brush your teeth. Mom, you don't, or dad, you don't have to put the toothpaste and, you know, Mm -hmm. everything together and then say brush your teeth at five years old. Mm -hmm. They allow children to do what you know they're capable of doing. Wow. Um, And it just builds up self-confidence when you do that.
2: Hey, look, I know it's in the middle of the interview, but we have something we're so excited about. If you're a parent and you're listening to this podcast, well, we have something exciting for you. Parent Q Live is coming to a city near you. This is a night where parents can learn and laugh together. This two-hour unique experience for parents only features engaging communicators like Kristen Ivey, Carlos Whitaker, John Acuff, Reggie Joyner, and so many more. You'll also receive practical resources, and you'll also get to interact with a community to help you redefine how you parent this next year. Whether you realize it or not, what you do every week in a kid's life is making history, and that's why we're coming to a city near you, to help you be more connected, more present, more engaged, more aware, and more confident. For more information, go to tour.parentq.org.
1: And yet, as a mom, if I'm just being honest, there's times when I think, like, I know my kid really, really well, and, you know, he's a great six-year-old, and I'm looking up, and I'm like, whoa, 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 he's turning nine. <laughs> and I've just lost track, right, you know? And there's just right. moments where I think I lost track. How do you come back as a parent to be intentional and recognize, wait, my kid can brush his teeth by himself right now? Because sometimes I think we just miss the potential of what they're capable of because we're kind of, we're going so fast. We right, forget right. how far they should have come. Or and so many distractions come. too,
3: right? How do
1: we remind ourselves or figure out what they're capable of at each age?
3: I think it's just slowing down, Kristen. I mean, you know, this world's like microwave society. We we don't even cook anymore. You Mm. know, everything is just fast, 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 quick, quick, quick. And we have to force ourselves to actually slow down, take a moment, enjoy the journey. The journey goes so fast. My child's 25 years old, but I can't even remember, like, 16, except for like the attitude and slamming the door. (laughs) Um, But the time goes so fast. And so I would just say cherish every moment. When I coach parents, I say cherish every moment. I know it's hard, but even if you take, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes a day to spend time to self-reflect, it just works better in the long run. So you have to force yourself. It's intentional. That's why mm-hmm. I call it parenting on purpose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, our listeners should know. You have a book called yes. Parenting on Purpose mm-hmm. that really helps drive it, the intentionality yes. behind this. Because so much of parenting, you get caught up in just keeping up, right? I mean, you have to check that agenda and get that thing back to the teacher and sign that form. And I know I'm in this rat race mm-hmm. of trying to keep up. So to become intentional really is kind of you know finding a moment to be alone, step away from your kid, reflect and figure Mm -hmm. it back out again, dive back in. What are some skills that you think are important maybe in the middle school or teenage years for a kid when it comes to self-reliance?
3: I think the big thing for that age is really being accountable. I think a lot of times we're in that blame, blame, blame syndrome um, and children kind of pick up on that. And so say, for example, they're riding to school and they're like, oh, I forgot my homework. Mom, (laughs) go back and get it. And then the parent, you know, God bless us because, you know, we all do it. We go turn around the car, go back and get it. But really... Mm -hmm. Uh, no, it was your responsibility to bring the Mm -hmm. homework. So you got to figure something else out Mm -hmm. or you just get an X for the day and remember next time, Right. you know? So again, that goes back to that whole allowing them to fail, allowing Mm -hmm. them to not win, allowing them not to always get the prize for participation. Mm -hmm. You know, there's winners and losers in life. That there are
1: consequences for each of our actions. And there's also a unique moment I think through in my head in that moment to say, hey, okay, so what you you do get a zero on your homework right. assignment at the end of the day. That is not, it's okay. Right. You know, it's okay. And you're going to be still be an acceptable person. Sometimes I think our teenagers are under this myth that it's the end of the world. If those things happen right. to see that we can experience consequences and still have a future beyond it. Right. Right. And
3: not so much stress on them. Yeah. You There's know, they talk about teenagers now so much stress on them that they are forgetting to eat. Mm. I don't Mm. think I ever had that syndrome, but (laughs) they're forgetting to eat. And so we've got to take some of that stress off because the world puts so much stress on them. Mm. So as parents, let's try to encourage them and enable them to to just calm down, breathe. It's going to be okay. The world doesn't end because you get a zero for the day. which doesn't. You
1: you can make a B. There's a parenting book that I love all the time. Um, I recommend it. It's called Blessing of a B-minus. And fantastic resource. I think... The younger version for children was the blessing of a skin knee. But it was just okay. this idea that our kids can fail. And, it, and for mm-hmm. us to teach them that, you know, you just, then you just stand back up again. That's right. You just keep moving. That's right. right?
3: And then persevere. Mm-hmm. Like that book, my favorite book, right? Little Engine That Could. Mm-hmm. You know, something happens. That one didn't work. That train didn't stop. Keep, keep going. Keep going. Keep persevering. Mm-hmm. Keep being persistent. Um, mm-hmm. That's how we build those muscles. It's like faith if you don't practice those muscles they don't build and so the earlier we can start children with practicing those muscles we have better human beings
1: and that's a good concept too i think about how life sometimes does get hard in our adult years in our 20s and our 30s and our 40s we start feeling things and experiencing things you go life is is tough and as parents if we shelter our kids so much then they hit those road you know those bumps and mm-hmm. it's the first bump they've hit Those muscles haven't been practiced Um, so so wise, yeah, and they fall apart. What do you think is another big thing that we should hit when it comes to self reliance?
3: I think um, that really the problems I'm dealing with right now when I coach parents are the parents of young children who sleep with them. Mm. You know, the child says, "I can't," you know, go to sleep, or I'm, I'm you know, scared of the dark Mm. and the parent goes in and lies on the floor next Mm. to the child, knowing that, like, are you really going to lie on the floor? And then we wind up, we're so tired, we wind up falling asleep on the floor. Right. When I always say, be consistent. Don't start something you're not going to (laughs) continue. You know, so if you're not going to continue to have this child in between your husband (laughs) and you until they're 10, then let's not start it. Uh, But I think a lot of that is about us wanting to feel that, you know, we're good parents Mm. because the world makes us feel like we're not. And we're so guilty all the time. We feel guilty and we really shouldn't be.
1: No, we shouldn't be. Guilt doesn't really make us better parents, right? Exactly. Not at (laughs) all. No. So what about when you talk about consistency? That's actually one of the areas where I personally feel guilty as a mom all the time because Mm -hmm. I know the importance of consistency. But I'm just, if I'm honest, like I'm not very self-disciplined by nature. So I'm trying to be consistent, (laughs) but I know I'm messing that up. What do you say to a parent who's going, I'm trying to be consistent. I've been inconsistent up until now. What do I do? Let's just
3: take little steps. You know, I always say before we can um, grow ourselves, we need to know ourselves. Mm. And a lot of times when I work with parents and they say, fix my child, fix my child, my child does this, my child does that. (laughs) I say, okay, let's work on you first, Mm. (laughs) you know. Let's work on you first. So if you're not consistent with the children, it's because you're not consistent with yourself. Mm. So let's start on. So say, for example, you know, they want to have a goal of losing weight. Then let's be consistent by getting up every day at 7 Mm o'clock, you know. So these muscles don't just happen by osmosis. We have to practice them. And, you know, they say it takes 21 days to make it happen. And so for us, start small. Take little baby steps you know, we, it's a process. Yeah. It's a process.
1: Now I've interviewed so. counselors and a lot of different people and they keep saying this, that you got to work on you as a parent. Yeah. And, and I'm still looking for somebody to give me a different answer. Cause I don't like that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the truth.
1: That's just <laughs> so, I mean, you talk about this a lot and it's a really, really great um, conversation that you had. What are the things that you tell parents that we need to work on in ourselves yeah. to be better parents?
3: I think the first thing is just knowing who we are. There are no courses on self-awareness. You know, who are we? Have we ever really sat down to just, you know, think about why we do the things we do? Where does, you know, our thoughts come from in terms of discipline? You know, usually it's our family the way we were treated. You know, I hear so many parents when I go around the country talking about don't spank your children, Mm -hmm. they say, Well, I was spanked, Mm -hmm. and I'm turned out okay. I'm like, Well, are you really okay? Um, let's try another way but why are we doing the things we do because we're used to doing it Mm -hmm. we're in our little boxes because we're used to being there comfort zones and all of that is not um, you know comfort zones are not comfortable Mm -hmm. you know we we think they're comfortable because they're familiar but they're not healthy You know, so I tell parents, you know, just start by figuring out who you are. What do you want? Create the vision for your child and your family, and then let's start from there. Mm,
1: I love so, that. Step one. Step one, step find one. out who you are, discover who you
3: are. Yes. What's step two? Step two is moving out of the things that aren't right and making them better. So moving from mediocrity to maximum potential. Mm. So the, the guilt we carry with us, the shame. The blame game, the excuses, you know, and, and we always talk about guilt, right? Mm. So the child falls and I feel guilty because I should have been there. Mm. The child fails a class. I should have, you know, spent more time tutoring them. Yes. You know, we just yes. carry a load of weights on us and we've got to let them go. So I talk a lot about being grateful and having another kind of attitude. It's all in your perspective. So if you have an attitude of gratitude, if you really try to focus on the positive, you can get better inside and when you're better inside it helps you be uh, the best possible version of yourself so that the child has every opportunity to reach their fullest potential.
1: Wow that's a lot of working on yourself, finding out about yourself, figuring out you in order to pass on self-reliance to your own kid. Um, Now. At Parent Q, we like to leave parents with one thought, one idea that they could put into practice this week that would help them be a better parent. So we've been having this conversation about self-reliance and raising self-reliant kids. What's one thing you would tell parents they could do this week that would help them pass on self-reliance to their children?
3: Wow. One thing they could do this week. It's going to sound really weird. I would say start a gratefulness book Hmm. and write down the things that you do right. Hmm. Total opposite. Hmm. Because we're always so focused on what we do wrong and that puts us in another kind of mindset. Hmm. Focus on what you've done right for the day. Wow. And then you'll do more of what's right.
1: That's so healthy and helpful as a parent. (laughs) And actually, one of the best ways to critique yourself and get See. better and stronger is not just looking at all the things right. you did wrong, right? But right. finding that one moment where you went, actually, I was okay there. Yes. I'm gonna do that more. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna try get to. Yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> I made that one thing happen. I love that. That's good advice, and it keeps us in the positive, focused on what we can keep doing better and more of thank you so much for the conversation dr deborah awesome to have you here we're gonna hope to have you back again soon thank
3: you so very happy to be here
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Deborah Tillman and that you, like me, will be so excited to get a chance to hear her. Dr. Tillman is joining us on the road for the Parent Q Live event. This next week when we are in Irvine, California, she'll be with us on the road for several stops. So if you're in that area, make sure you come and you get to listen more to what she has to say. Uh, I know I learned so much. And it's always good to be reminded of the cue that she gave us as parents. And I know it doesn't seem like very much, but there is something when you evaluate yourself as a parent and you try to look for what you did right. It's so easy to see and focus on what we do wrong. It's so easy to fall into that guilt mentality, that guilt trap, where you only see the pieces that you're not doing well, or you compare yourself to another parent who's doing something better than you, and to fail to really value the pieces that you're doing right. And in order to see those pieces and repeat them, we have to begin to notice what we're doing right as parents. So this week, look at one thing that you did well, write it down and just remind yourself, hey, no matter what, I did this one thing and then next week you can repeat it and next week you can repeat it. And that's just always a good word. I, I enjoy that as a mom and practice that as well in my own home. So thank you to Deborah Tillman for that parent cue. And we hope, as always, that you will head on over to the parentq.org forward slash episode 83. If you want any of the information from this episode, you can find it there in the show notes on our website at parentq.org, where you can learn more about everything else that we have for you as a parent, as well as connect with our Facebook community, help each other, share with each other your wins, your losses, asking questions Our goal is really that we all begin to kind of come alongside each other as moms and dads and caregivers of kids so that we know that we have a tribe around us helping us to raise kids in our home. Thank you so much for being with us, and we will see you next week.
0: Thanks for joining us on Parent Q Live. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and follow us at Parent Q